Calvin Miller production. Toot that thing up, mommy, make it roll. Once you pop, pop, lock it for me, girl, get low. If your mama gave it to your baby girl, let it show. Once you pop, lock, drop it for me, maybe we can roll. Welcome, Pewter Report readers and listeners and viewers, to another edition of the Pewter Report podcast, energized by Celsius. I am sunburnt John Ledyard. Along with me today on the Pewter Report podcast is our fearless leader, the one and only Scott Reynolds. We are also live. sunburned. Yes. Why well, are you? I don't, a little bit, yeah. I'm a little pink. Yeah. A little bit, yeah. <laughs> Not as much as me. Yeah. I think I got it pretty good today because we were down at Titans and Bucks joint practices at the Advent Health Training Center in Tampa Bay, taking it all in, looking at the Bucks against another team. Man, this was a hundred times more fun uh, than oh, yeah. the last two days have been. Not that every day of practice is great, but this was there's a lot of live bolts today, a lot to talk about. I didn't even get to see everything because there's basically two practices going on at once. Uh, you're exactly watching right. the defense yeah. and I'm watching the offense. Yeah. It was it was definitely fun, um, you know. Uh, it was spirited, but certainly not not like the the fists weren't flying. Let's put right. it that way. I think both Mike Vrabel and Bruce Arians made it clear to each team: let's just have a good, productive practice. No, you know, no nonsense, uh, no fights. Ryan Jensen was on his best behavior today, which was good to see. Uh, he and did the, put a guy in the dirt, though. By the well, way, well, of course, more yeah, about that later. <laughs> he's going to do that, but but there wasn't any extracurricular, and that was good to see. Uh, but really, John, maybe the disturbing thing for the Buccaneers is these drop passes continued oh again today. Gosh, it wasn't God. just the Buccaneers. There was something in the air today. It was footballs, but they were hitting the ground, not receivers' hands. And it wasn't just Tampa Bay. The Tennessee Titans also had plenty of misfires and plenty of drops in the one-on-ones, in the 11-on-11s. So we'll get to that in, the, in just a little bit. Yeah, I mean <laughs> – I'm gonna I'm gonna vent on these drops. I'm just gonna be honest with people. I already wrote about it, and then today was worse. So we've got a lot to discuss. But we got to talk about our friends over at Celsius first of all, Scott. They are sponsoring the show as they do every Peter Report podcast because they are the goats. I mean, you're you're rocking the tropical vibe, and you tweeted out before you headed down to practice today. Yeah. You were checking out. You were getting some Celsius in you. Yeah. I was as well. I, I finished off a watermelon this morning, and yeah, it John, had spurred I, I, all I my day. I did the ultimate double dip, and this is just a prop because I actually had the the uh, Fuji apple pear today, which is one of my favorites and hard to find, uh, but I didn't keep the can. So I actually had the Fuji apple pear, and then I double dipped. I had a fast bar, too, uh-huh. right here that comes in two. I'm fans. jealous you have Wait. salted caramel peanut crunch. Oh, yeah. I, I only have, where is it? Playing around here yeah. somewhere, but I've got the other one, the white chocolate cookies and cream. Yes. So the, these fast bars are fantastic because like like a great Celsius product, the taste is there. I've tasted plenty of protein bars in my life, so much so that I don't even eat them much anymore because they taste like cardboard or mm-hmm. sawdust, you know. Um, I'm, I don't, I don't want to go off script here, but these taste like candy bars, like for yeah. real. But they're not candy bars. They're, they're high-energy protein bars that are good for you, just like the Celsius beverage. And what I love about Celsius is I've, I've given up coffee. My acid reflux thing, I can't have coffee anymore, which is a bummer. I used to drink it every morning. But now I don't miss it because I start my day with Celsius. Mm. So Celsius uh, for the morning and then a, uh, a fast bar for breakfast, and I was off, ready to go. At Bucks Camp, and John, maybe I'm going to tell Bruce Arians tomorrow when I do a little interview with him. Maybe his guys need to get some Celsius before practice because these drops, man, we got to do something about this. 
I don't even know. Like, you know, every time we ask Bruce Arians about drops after games last year, after practices this year, his response is always the same. Just got to catch the ball. You know, you just got to catch the ball. That's it. Like, yeah. with some profanities thrown in. And so, yes. like, I don't think he's wrong, but to, how often – I don't see the Bucks receivers on the jugs machine. Like, I don't – I'm just – I'm literally just yeah, – I'm searching for answers here, Scott, because it's getting ridiculous. And I'm not just talking about their wide receivers, by the way. I'm talking about their tight ends. I'm talking about their running backs. Everybody was guilty of it today. Even the guys yes. who hardly ever drop one. You know, the guys you can Mike count Evans. on in practice. Yeah. yeah, Mike Evans. Well, he's had drops, but yeah. Chris Godwin, Antonio Brown, and Scotty Miller have hardly dropped anything in camp. I mean, the other guys have all had their days where it was, but those three have hardly had an issue at all. In fact, I think Antonio Brown dropped his first pass in a practice yeah. uh, today. It was wide open in the middle of the field. He tried to run, turn up field into all the space, I think, before he really secured the catch. Scotty yeah. Miller dropped a deep ball in one-on-ones. Chris Godwin did not. He was great today. Tyler Johnson, who usually he and Jalen yeah. Darden are the ones that have struggled kind of with drops. He was great today. I mean, Tyler Johnson had probably his best practice, Scott. He was yeah. dynamite. He made a one-handed back shoulder catch and kind of stabbed the ball out of the air yeah. and pulled in while he was falling to the ground, a leaping grab. He has really impressed the last few days. But I don't want to get so caught up in the negative that we don't talk about the right. positives too, Scott, with this Bucks wide receiver core because they put on an absolute show in the one-on-one period. Separation, big yeah. time today. And I'll yeah. talk about that in a second. But I do. But yeah, I mean, we've gone through this how many practices in a row now where drops are a huge issue. Happens in the game. Last year it was a big issue. They were second in the NFL. Brady had second most passes dropped of any quarterback in the NFL. It's something that isn't going away right now. Yeah, and the the funny thing is one of the coaches that gets talked about so much glowingly. Is, is Kevin Garber, the receivers coach, you know, and he does a great job. I mean, the, the Bucks receivers are getting open. You've seen the development from the young players like Scotty Miller, like Tyler Johnson, Chris Godwin emerging into a franchise type player. But, uh, you know, that's that's the number one job of, of a receiver is to catch the ball. I mean, yeah, getting open is one thing, but sometimes, you know, even if it's a contested catch situation, you got you got to make the catch. Right, and um, because otherwise it, it's all for naught. It's it's an incomplete. It all of a sudden it cycles, and if you're on mm-hmm. second down, it's third down. If you're on third down, now you're punting. So it's it's something that has to get cleaned up at some point in time. I'd love to see Tom Brady just just blast this team in <laughs> practice. Uh, you know, just, seriously, John, just think about yeah. it. Like like he did with the penalty situation in Chicago, going ballistic on the sideline, especially at mm-hmm. Ryan Jensen when he got that 15 yarder. Maybe mm-hmm. that's what it takes. Sometimes it has to come from the players, not the coaches. Mm-hmm. They're getting an earful in their meetings. I guarantee you that. Mm-hmm. But maybe Brady has got to step up in the situation and say, you know, knock this crap off. You know, and sometimes it's hard because Brady wasn't perfect either, right? I mean, you know, he had a, a pick in, in practice. Maybe it was right. a wrong route. But maybe it has to come from the players. And sometimes when you're not, you know, firing bullets and you're not yeah um you know having a, a perfect day it might be hard for you to be the one to step up and do it but I, listen everybody respects brady right i think it's true everybody does respect him he's maybe not going to lose it like that in practice we don't know i mean why again i don't know what's being said in the in the meeting rooms and things like that but the thing with brady is that the consistency is there every day and other guys need to bring that too i almost say like a guy like Mike Evans has to step up too, like and 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 call this to attention and figure out how they can. What's the solution? What's a what's a way to remedy this? Um, but again, it's not just the wideouts. Don't want to p- pick on the wideouts, but although Jalen Darden had a couple today, and Antonio Brown had one, Scotty Miller had one, Evans had a couple. Yeah, Gronkowski also had a couple today. He was, I frankly, Gronkowski's yeah. practice not 
really acceptable in my opinion um because and, and, you know every every time i turn my head in between defensive reps i looked over and i saw oj howard dropping passes too i, I, put I didn't even see report. him yeah. drop one so he, he had at, le- at least at least two that i saw so <laughs> there could have been more because yeah, i was he's watching struggling the defense, with the camp. But, yeah. yeah rojo dropped one today which that actually he's caught the ball pretty well geo well one go through his hands on the goal line um uh, darden again had one Keyshawn vaughn had one on a screen like so yeah. many of these were just wide open again you can only harp on it so much. It is what it is. You you got you got to cut out drops if you want to win football games. You can't be doing self inflicted stuff. It's just especially frustrating when like today could have been us coming on the podcast and just talking about how the Bucks absolutely oh, yeah. wrecked the Titans because <laughs> yes. I don't think the Titans could hang with them if they had just right. completed the you know a lot of plays. It wasn't even just drops. Mike Evans just he just isn't he didn't track the ball well at all today. It was a yeah. practice to forget. I'm not going to harp yeah. on it. He's obviously a great player, but. It was just a bad practice for him. He should have Agreed. made a couple more catches that he didn't make. And overall, though, Scott, the one-on-one periods between the Bucks wide receivers and the Titans with the fans watching yes. was one of the highlights of camp to open. No practice. doubt about it. I mean, it. Yeah. Mike Evans won, like, won and then didn't yeah. finish the catch, but then but people saw him getting open. A.B. Right. got held. Yep. Yeah, and then the fans were frustrated. You know, hey, that's a fly. You know, and I think they threw one, but – then Chris Godwin won deep, and then yes. Jaden Mickens won deep, and Tyler Johnson made like four amazing catches. Right. It was a flood. Yeah. It really was. Like they just dominated the rest of that session. Yeah. How many reps did, did Kyle Trask get today? Because again, I was watching defense. Did, did he see much action uh, at all today? No, no, yeah. almost none. It was almost all first and second team today. So right. almost no reps for Ryan Griffin or Kyle Trask. None in those one on ones. It was all Brady and Gabbard throwing those guys. They may have been doing some other one on ones on the on the far end of the field. Yeah. I didn't even. I think they were, but I didn't see or watch those one on ones. I was just watching the a lot of the top guys. But it was pretty much everybody for the Bucks receiving core one. Almost every single. I mean, almost every single matchup. The Titans had one pick. Somebody didn't – I forget who the receiver was – didn't get open, and obviously one-on-ones, Brady has to throw it anyway, and so yeah. he just gunned it in there, and I think they wrestled for the ball, and Titans guy came up with it. Um, it was, it was uh, kind of wild, John, because like you said, it really was like two practices going on at the same time, right? Because, I mean, you had – It was. field, you had the, the Bucks offense going against Titans defense, and then you had the Bucks defense going against the Titans offense. And, and, and you were at that other field. On. You were yeah. watching the Bucks defense. Do you saw – was there one-on-ones happening there too with Titans wide yeah. receivers? I know yeah, there were. Just so fans know, Julio Jones and A.J. Brown were both out of practice Correct. today. So yeah. it wasn't maybe the best test they could have gotten, but at the same time, did you yeah. see something? Yeah, I mean, and there were there were a couple of, of Titans receivers that actually stepped up and, and had a pretty good day. Marcus Johnson and Chester Rogers were the two guys for Tennessee that really gave the Bucks the most problems. Not so much in the one on ones, but but in the in the eleven on eleven periods. And I think it was an okay day in terms of coverage for Tampa Bay secondary. It wasn't great. Um, the, you know, the one on ones, right? It's it's really geared for the wide receivers to win that. I mean that that is that is typically the defense is always at a disadvantage. Right, it's it's a reaction drill for the defense. They don't know what the routes are. There is no help. Right, if you're running a slant, there's no there's no linebackers or safeties mm-hmm. to pass off the guy to. You get a trail, you know. And if you get, if it's a deep, if it's you know it's a comeback, um, whatever, whatever. It's it's a, it's tough for the defense. And the thing is, it seemed like every time a Bucks defender got got burned or there was some separation from the titans it was either a drop pass or it was a misfire it was it was a pass that was too out in front or too high for the receiver so it's tough to say that the titans really won those one-on-ones because they didn't finish the play yeah and then, then there were a couple of times where 
where you know uh, where Tampa Bay you know did have a pass breakup or whatever, but it, it really wasn't like they were dominant in coverage. Uh, that was not right. the case. So really, it was kind of a draw by default. Not the mm-hmm. best showing by Tampa Bay's uh, secondary, but it wasn't bad either. It was just okay. Mm-hmm. And then with the ten, the, with the Titans receivers and and in uh, tight ends. You know that they, they, there was enough self-inflicted wounds there. They really didn't win the period, and they they really should have because uh, I think if they would have made some of those catches, I would have given the nod to Tennessee. I, I kind of called it a draw, a wash, mm-hmm. if you will. Right? Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, again, with AJ Brown and Julio Jones out, you would expect, you would hope that the Bucks would have been a yeah. little more dominant in that period. But like you said, it is slanted kind of one way, and so there is some of that that's understandable. Right. I, I also I was watching, but Matt and I were watching Bucks offense most of practice. Uh, and they were closer to the fans, and then you were watching Bucks defense most of yeah. practice. Maybe we'll switch tomorrow. But what were your observations watching the Bucks defensive team periods? You know, Paul specifically like to know like safety structure. Did you see like were they playing too high or were they rolling a safety down or were there any things like that that you noticed in the defensive period? What kind of stood out there? It's really interesting because I'm trying to to get a one on one with Bruce Arians tomorrow, probably by phone before practice. But I, I want to know some of, of the intricacies about this. Um, you know, we're, we're the Titans coaches, like, because th- this is a joint practice, right? And so sometimes, uh, obviously, you have to agree on, hey, we're going to be working red zone in this period, which there was a red zone period in practice. Mm-hmm. So, um, but but the thing is, is when it's bucks on bucks, um, you might have Byron Leftwich or or Harold Goodwin say, you know, hey, hey, Todd, I really want you to blitz us, you know, this period, especially on third downs. You know, show us some exotic looks. So that so there, there is that give and take. We want to see this from the defense. So the coaches know it. It's not really a surprise. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, is, is with these joint practices, I wonder how much scripting there is. Or if it's just, we're going to do a red zone and, you know, you're not going to know how we're going to come out. If we're going to be, you know, in 13 personnel or if we're going to be in four wide, Right. Um, so that's what I'm kind of curious about is how much scripting is there and, and, and how that, that, that matches up. But I I will say this, the Titans really had a hard time running the ball on the Bucks front seven. Matter of fact, the the running back who, who actually got the most carries was Jeremy McNichols, former Mm -hmm. Bucks running back Hmm. who's, who's trying to earn a spot in Tennessee. And he did, he did have one nice breakout run, um, looked like either Devin White or the safety, um, got got kind of washed out of his gap, and and that that was one big run, but really for the most part, the Bucks front seven was just kind of dominant. I I, I listed mm-hmm. a couple of plays in the practice report, and uh, um, Will Golston, Vita Vea, and Damakasu were just really making some plays up front. Yeah. Javon Haken came up on a nice run blitz. There were some tackles for loss, and then we did see kind of an exotic look from. From um, Todd Bowles, uh, I'm not going to describe it because I don't want to give away any secrets here for other teams. But um, it involved some people out of position. Uh, mm. Joe Tryon was not in the the usual position. Neither was Indomitka mm. Sue, and mm. it really caused some confusion up front. And what it did allow was for Levante David to come completely free on a blitz and sack. Because uh, there wasn't anybody going to the ground, but sack Ryan Tannehill. So we did see a couple of exotic looks from Todd Bowles. We, we did see uh, Levante David flash there. When it got down into the red zone, um, one play I noted was that Joe Tryon, uh, he's not used to, to covering. When we had Jimmy Lake, the Washington head coach, on the podcast, he said that he could do it. That's something that um, 
you know, that he has the skill set to do the athleticism mm-hmm. to do. But at the same time, Jimmy's like, you know, he's he's a pass rusher, right? You don't right. want you don't want your 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 guys in coverage. Um, Todd they, Bowles has said the same thing, kind yeah, of. Yeah, exactly. But yeah. there are some times in zone blitzes, and we did see today Anthony Nelson dropping coverage, and of course get mm-hmm. burned. I mean, Anthony, do not drop Anthony Nelson into coverage anymore. Just don't do it. It's yeah. not going to be good. It's not <laughs> a good outcome for the Buccaneers. It's almost a guaranteed catch. So if if I'm a opposing quarterback and I see 98 drop in coverage, that's where I'm going with the ball. Okay, because Anthony Nelson, yes, he's got length. He does There's, not. That's what they're banking on, Scott. They're hoping those crazy yeah. long arms get yeah. a deflection turnover. I've yet, the game. I've yet to see that, John. I've yet to see it in the <laughs> game. Too. I've yet to see it in practice. It just doesn't work. <laughs> so too. if you want to use the length, use it on field goal or extra point block. But the thing is, is, is um, this was was a, a zone drop for Joe Tryon, and I think he didn't get the proper depth. And what we saw was the fullback. Uh, carry blasting game, uh, kind of take it up the sidelines in a wheel route, and in um, the quarterback, I believe it was Tannehill, hit that sweet spot between the cornerback D. Delaney, mm-hmm. who couldn't get over in time, and it was a touchdown in the red zone. So I think Joe Tryon was a really good learning rep for him. And the one thing I've noticed is he he's continued to play left and right side, John, in mm-hmm. practice. I think he's more natural and comfortable on the left side. Um, facing the quarterback instead of rushing from the blind side. We mm. saw him play against Cincinnati from the left side almost predominantly. He might have played mm-hmm. every single snap on the left side. Yeah, But he just looks more comfortable from the left side. We'll see if that continues and see where he plays Saturday night against the Titans. Yeah, there's definitely a lot still to learn about the Bucks defense. I think just in general, like we didn't see them against Joe Burrow in the game, you know, in the in the game on last Saturday. And so, you know, and then they fump, you know, they're getting kind of a drive going by the Bengals backups or backup quarterback on offense, Brandon Allen. And then you you had a fumble. And so, you know, it's okay. Well, what you know, and then they're out, you know, six plays, eight plays, whatever it was, yeah. and they're out. And so it's like, all right, did we learn anything? I don't know how much we learned. And then in practice, you know, Tannehill's out there, but they were down. I don't think Nate Davis played one of their guards. I don't think uh, Ben Jones or center played today. Right. Uh, no AJ Brown, or Julio Jones, and so how much of the test are you getting? You know, it, uh, I just think we still have a lot to learn about kind of how the deep we haven't gained as much knowledge. I thought they played well against the Bengals, but I mean, you get down yeah. to the depth chart for the Bengals, and you're right. it's pretty rough sledding. And so, um, yeah, I. I uh, I think that the Bucks defense will be something like Vita Vea got a sack in one of the team periods that I saw. You know, he kind of bull rushed some yeah. backup center for the Titans into the pocket <laughs> yeah. and it's kind of dominated. I saw the the red zone period. I saw the Titans. I saw Carlton Davis made like a diving play and just somehow missed the ball. I don't know how. I thought he played it perfectly. He just yeah. missed the ball on like a bullet slant pass and it got in for a touchdown in their first red yeah. zone play. Then it's he does replay. You know, Carl well, Davis. it wasn't like a catch opportunity. It was like he dove and swatted, and somehow oh, okay. the ball went right past him. Um, but it was, uh, and then they had so they did three play series in the red zones. That's what they've been doing. And so the Titans yeah. got three plays, and I, I, I know they scored in the first one on that Carlton Davis play. I don't know what happened on the next two because I could not see from where we had to be. The Titans are like blocking our normal right. view, the, yeah. the rest of their guys. So I couldn't quite see what happened. I think one of them was an incomplete pass, but I, I couldn't quite see what happened after that. Right. Yeah, you know, there, there were a couple of, of, of good plays by the Bucks secondary. Um, Jamel Dean had a diving interception that, that counted in in the 11-on-11 period. I want to say it was either Vita Vea, maybe Will Golston, tipped the ball at the line of scrimmage, and he he – saw the play was very alert 
um, you know, broke off the route and then dove towards the line of scrimmage and came up with the interception. That was good to see. And uh, Ross Cockrell really had a chance for a pick six. He read an out route perfectly mm-hmm. and just dropped the, the ball. Uh, so, but he did a good job with the pass breakup. The one thing that's really notable about Ross Cockrell, and and I, I've had some, some, I've seen some comments on our Twitter page about Ross Cockrell, and, and well, gosh, if he's got seven interceptions in practice, is he a yeah. chance to, to start? No, he doesn't. And the reason why is, is he literally has no recovery speed whatsoever. <laughs> he just doesn't. He's I not fast. No, no I, I saw that firsthand today, and I don't remember the receiver who who beat him. But it was one of those things like, you know, if it's even, you know, you're leaving. Mm. And he, he just got smoked and just could not recover. Now, mm. that was the one-on-ones, and he got beat by, gosh, probably four yards for a touchdown mm-hmm. on a go route. Similar type play, Jamel Dean um, kind of got frozen a little bit in coverage, was looking at, at the quarterback, hesitated a little bit. But the thing is, Jamel Dean had bad eyes and coverage. Imagine wow. that, right? But at the same time, we saw the recovery speed. Yeah. The pass was a little lofty, mm-hmm. and Jamel Dean was there at the goal line. He he really there was about a four. That's the or five one you got video cushion. of, right? Yes, right? about yeah. a four or five yard cushion there, and Jamel Dean came racing back and broke up the pass of the mm-hmm. goal line. So that's the one thing Dean gives you is that recovery speed. Even when he has a little lapse in coverage, there's a chance he can come back and make that play. But I think that's what's keeping Ross Cockrell in a reserve capacity at safety is just does not have elite foot speed by any means. Yeah, it is about kind of putting Ross Cockrell in the best position to succeed, right? Like, he, right. you know, is it safety or, you know, is the speed exposed more corner? You know, uh, maybe there's some of truth to both things and both could present challenging scenarios for him. But he's also not. Starting because the Bucks are, you know, Jordan Whitehead's playing really well, yeah. and Mike Edwards, Mike Edwards playing really well too. Yeah, did he have you a good day what? today? From what you saw, uh, he he had an okay day, but really the the guy that flashed to me was was Javon Hagen. Uh, mm. had, had a great run He's had blitz, a good camp. yeah, and had a, a very nice pass breakup in the end zone where he was one on one against the, the tight end Jared Pinckney, and and really was was kind of in the trail position up until the very last second, and then just closed on the ball. Mm had a diving pass breakup and, and saved it. It would have been a touchdown in the red zone period. So really nice play by Javon Hagen. He's really caught my eye. And you'd yeah. like to see you'd like to see that similar type of performance from Hagen this Saturday that he had last Saturday. And by that, I mean the six tackles, the three tackles for loss, the interception. But just wipe out the bad plays. Wipe out the fumble on the interception. Wipe out those three or four missed tackles that he had. Just leave the good stuff on tape, mm-hmm. and then he'll win that that fourth safety position, I'm pretty sure. Well, he's caught your eye. You know what's caught our eye, Scott? LivingGolfLife.com. These guys, I'm telling you, man, they got some of the best. If you're a golfer and you lo- you're looking for apparel and you're looking to stay fresh when you're out on the course, you got to check out LivingGolfLife.com. They've got hats. You see me wear their Living Golf Life hat several times yeah. on the podcast. They've got these glasses and koozies and all kinds of stuff over on their site so check out all the accessories they have over there they they're awesome guys military background and they started this website because they love golf they love just going out and having a few cold ones on the golf course who cares if you play well or not it's about uh, it's, a, it's about being a life, having a lifestyle 
uh, yeah. revolving around golf and, and having and the times that you spend out on the course. And so these guys kind of get it. They're awesome. And uh, livinggolflife.com kind of embodies all what they're about and as does their uh, their apparel and some of the accessories that they sell over there. So check out livinggolflife.com. Great gifts to ask for and great yes. gifts to give as well. So make sure you check out the stuff they've got on their site. And so also good. follow yeah, follow on, on Instagram too. I just followed them on Instagram. They're they're a great follow. And yeah, that's living golf, living life, golf life. Yeah, yeah, living golf life. Yeah. Uh the offense kind of after that one-on-one period, Scott, it was much more of a mixed bag for the offense. There were good plays. I'm gonna act like there weren't, but the missed opportunities kind of superseded a lot of that in my our mind. At one point it was ridiculous. I mean, there was a <laughs> there was a three-play stretch, Scott, where like Ronald Jones dropped a pass in the flat wide open. Yeah. Darden dropped a slant wide open. Keyshawn Vaughn dropped a screen wide open. And it was like, what? And then they went to a red zone period right after that. Brady with a dime down the seam goes off Gronk's hands. Play before that, I think Mike Evans had a chance adjusted to a ball and had a chance and had it goes off his hands in the end zone. You know, I mean, it was one of those periods where you're just like, this is getting ridiculous. Um, yeah. And, and you know, John, it sounds like if, if this was not a joint practice, Bruce Arians might have just stopped it, brought everybody together chewed some ass and then yeah and go back at it but because of the scripted nature and you've got guests in your building mm-hmm. and all that stuff too it probably didn't happen but th- th- i think that's going to happen sooner rather than later we're going to see a stoppage yeah. in practice and bruce just go ballistic somebody has to whether it's bruce or brady just to to get the attention to detail yeah. down I, I agree i mean i don't know if that's i don't know what the best fix is to be honest like i think it's worth them th- them have they're going to have the answers to that better than than we will for sure yeah. you know I, I mean i don't know if it's the all concentration stuff or guys just need to spend more time catching or if it just happened to be you know today was a terrible day it's all not like it's the same guy all the time like for example right. leonard fournette has been the probably the biggest culprit in camp and really? today Imagine i don't think <laughs> i know and today i don't think he had any draw i don't know if he was targeted so Matt would know probably be better than I, but I don't know that he yeah. was targeted today. And so, yeah, there is kind of just – it's a myriad of things. Like I said, A.B. doesn't drop the ball. So, like, Scotty Miller dropped the ball today. He doesn't – you know, Godwin didn't drop any today. Yeah. He's pretty rock solid in that area. So that's the other thing Bruce said after practice is, yes, we have a lot of drops. When it's Mike, it doesn't concern me. When right. it's <laughs> when it's the young guys, it concerns me. You know, yeah. And so the fact that it wasn't Tyler Johnson today and it usually isn't Scotty Miller, Chris Godwin, A.B., those right. are good things. I'm not going to call out anybody over training camp practices, but Mike Evans should, you know, he, I think, don't think he's practiced very well for a couple, you know, for at least last two weeks, really. It's not yeah. been, it's not been Mike. And so, you know, I think that he's, not, I don't know, you've watched him practice more often than me. I get the vibe watching him that he's not really a practice player, but yeah, <laughs> like he just, he's, uh, we've said it before. Matt and I joked around about it the other day. He and AB, like, body language demeanor and practice is like totally opposite right like ab's yeah. like let's go every rep right. he's just like screaming and trash yeah. talking and evans is like he'll make a great catch and he'll get up like oh my whole body like just, right. uh, you know like he's just oh yeah. and he like just, you know walks back to the huddle and it's just you yeah. know i just he might not be the you're right I, I think that's that's a great observation they really are like night and day in, in that perspective uh, and I'm not saying that, that Mike is a bad practice guy or doesn't like to practice. That's not the case. He's a true right. professional. But I do think that Mike really loves game days, right? Yeah. <laughs> I think Anytime just, he's mic'd up, you can tell. Yeah, yeah. I just, I just think that, that Mike's a gamer, right? That's just, just – you've heard that, that term used, and that's kind of for reasons like, like that. Um, some interesting developments, uh, sticking with the offense here. Um, before I forget, remind me about – what Bruce Arian said about Tanner Hudson. But before that, 
Uh, Nick Leverett, it's interesting, right? Because he, he played, we talked about it Saturday night, he played left tackle. He kind of survived in that role. The Bucks seem very high on him. He's he's really a guard, John. He's 6'4", mm-hmm. about 315. He's got a guard body. They tried him in left tackle. They really almost had to play him because Josh Wells was out. And they had Brad Seaton at right tackle, but he can't play left. So, so Leverett was there. I even said after the game, I want to see the guy at guard because that's really more of his natural position. That's where he played at Rice. Well, guess what? They lost to Darius Hutcherson out for the year. So then now they needed him at guard. Mm. And, and so, today they lost John Molson. You know, I don't know what how exactly. long or what, but yeah, right. hamstring it looked like. Right. Now there Robert Hainsey came back to practice, which mm-hmm. was a good sign. But but typically what the Bucks do is they'll they'll, you know, kind of ease you back in. And we did see him, you know, in in the one on ones and the individuals, but we didn't see him in team. And so when Mulchin was out, guess who played some center today, John? Nick Leverett. Nick Leverett. And <laughs> he, he was, did and he and when he jumped in for his first center reps, it yeah. was in one on ones. This, this is why I love Nick Leverett. And I yeah. think that the Bucks coaches love him too. And He's they're a gonna scrappy find dude, man. Oh yeah. my gosh, yeah. to see a competitor. Like he took two reps. He lost one. I thought it was the Simmons live, but then I looked at the roster and maybe Simmons is 98. I don't remember. It was it was Simmons or Kyle Pecco. I know that discrepancy matters i'm sorry i don't know which one it was but he lost Damn a rap not knowing the titans I, roster john well i should know that one I, I for some reason i always think jeffrey simmons is 94 and then i remember he's 98 yeah i think he was 94 in college and that's why that happens to me but anyway uh he lost a rep and he came back and was like lining up again and like ran, won the rep just i mean dominance like, right grip the you know under the shoulder pads that's his once he gets you he's so strong nick Leverett. Right. he grabs you you know that's it then he comes out for a rep. Motion comes, or he's he's in. He's in at right guard. He was playing at right guard for one on ones. Motion gets the next rep. Gets kind of pushed back, but anchors. But his feet slide out, and his right. hamstring gets strained. So then he goes out. Well, they need somebody to jump in. Well, obviously they're short anyway. Starting right. line already went. Lever jumps right in for the next rep. He's like, no, no, no. I'm I'm doing it. I'm doing it. He takes the guy, lifts him up, and throws him on the ground, and then stands wow. over him. Like I mean, he just. He, that's just how he is. Like he just every rep is personal for him. Like yeah, I know that he struggled a little bit in the game of tackle, but I and I know he's splitting time with Earl Watford right now, which would suggest that you know he he's he's got to make up some ground. Maybe Brad Seaton passed him in the game. We'll see. I, I don't know. Yeah. Um, but it's gonna be. I just think he's you know, if you get him on the practice squad, you probably can. It's not like other teams probably know yeah. much about him. I well, but I think he'd be a good guy to have there. I, I think so too. And and um, you know, I I'd, I want to see him at home on Saturday. I want to see him at guard because I really think that he he's he's strong, he's he's agile and and I, I think he can be a people mover at the guard spot. So with Josh Wills's return, I think we're going to see him at guard. They need him there because of, of uh, Hutcherson's injury. So John, if I was a betting man, I would bet that that he is going to make the team. The ninth and guy. I think so. And you know, if if I'm if I'm going to bet, the place I'm going to do it is at my bookie winning mm-hmm. season returns at mybookie.ag. It's time for you to get into action. First time players can get started by doubling your first deposit, giving you the firepower to add excitement to the games you love. College football odds boosts, NFL lock of the season, and over $500,000 in contest prizes live on site to make the winning season your best ever at my bookie. With historic 18 week schedule, Offering now the 17 games, but it's 18 weeks because there's a bye week in there. But offering more action than ever before, you need a sports book casino that's reliable and you won't find a better place to play than my bookie. 
We've been with them for years. They've been with us for years. They're the place to go. I know you're going to bet this season, so do the smart thing. Sign up at my bookie. Use the promo code Pewter to get your first ever deposit match dollar for dollar. That's extra money credited to your account instantly just by using the promo code Pewter and making that first deposit. As you can see on the screen, up to $1,000 for your first deposit bonus. You put 1000 bucks in, you're starting off with two grand, my friend. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with my bookie. All right. So one of the other things that happened today, you mentioned Tanner Hudson. We got a we we if Tanner Hudson makes his roster, there might be a segment uh, after him because <laughs> who buddy Bruce Arians is getting after this guy. I know, like I know he is not messing around. Here's what he had to say about Tanner after the other day when he said Tanner Hudson has regressed as a blocker. This yeah. is what he had to say. Somebody asked if Tanner Hudson had a wrist injury, if his wrist injury could extend into the regular season. And Bruce said he's still got to make the team to get to the regular season. So there's yeah. a lot to go there. But hopefully he gets back as fast as he can because he's one of those bubble guys. Yeah. I mean, he's not wrong. Obviously, he's right. right. You know, we know that about right. Tanner Hudson, but it just feels like Cody McElroy might have maybe he's trying to motivate Tanner Hudson, but maybe now, golly, now if can, the guy's hurt, I mean, I don't know what can happen. Yeah, here's my analysis. If you're Tanner Hudson and you can play on Saturday, do it. The problem is where does he need to show the most improvement? Blocking. Blocking. <laughs> okay. So now, now you get a banged up right wrist and you're on a trying, bad blocker. <laughs> on a, and you're a bad blocker to begin with, and you're going to try to, you know, impress the coaches. I don't know what you can do for that, man. But yeah. uh, that's some tough sledding right there. The interesting thing is, is we saw Tanner Hudson with five um, catches for 50 yards, and that's that's not too surprising, right? He's Mr. August for the Buccaneers. He's it's been that way for a while. Cody McElroy was only targeted twice, technically once, but he also caught that two-point conversion. That was a nice play. Blaine Gabbard had a rare misfire, John, on uh, on Cody McElroy. This should have been a touchdown because McElroy had a step on the defender, I think a more accurate ball from Blaine Gabbard, and McElroy scores the touchdown rather than Keyshawn Vaughn, a player two later. But I believe you're going to see Cody McElroy get more targets in this game, and boy, if Tanner Hudson doesn't play, you're going to see Cody McElroy get a bunch of targets uh, mm-hmm. in his place. He and Jarrell Adams. So I think it really behooves Tanner Hudson. If Tanner Hudson does not play in this game, and of course, you know he's injured, it's not his fault for getting hurt. But if he doesn't play, I don't think it bodes well for him making this team. Unless Cody McElroy or Jarrell Adams just drop the ball literally and figuratively on Saturday night. Yeah, for sure. Tony Saylor wants to know, after the bad start by the first team on Saturday and now the drops, give me something positive to think this squad won't let us down like the 2003 squad. Tony, we appreciate the $5 super chat. Thank you. Thanks for the super chats, guys. Yeah, I I mean, positive from today's practice. There's plenty of positive from today's practice, even with the negatives. I mean, Bruce Aarons called it a really, really good practice. I mean, I, I might be stretch. I don't I know. I think he, that's a hyperbole. Yeah, 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 I don't know. And then he went and <laughs> talked about how many drops they had and how right, he wasn't yeah. sharp, so I'm not sure. And he only watched the offense, so how is that a good practice? I don't know, but maybe it just means the work, you know, getting yeah. getting in, uh, to, in the work. But, I mean, like I said, I think Tyler Johnson was really good. I think the key cogs in this team don't have as much trouble dropping the ball as some of the fringe pieces. Right. If you if you if you wise up and you just play Giovanni Bernard way more, you won't have to worry about as many drops at the running right. back spot. They account for half of them every day when there's a bad day. So yeah, I mean, there's guys got to get better for sure. But the, I mean, the best part about it is you'd rather have problems with catching the football than you would getting open in the first place or right. gen- in general your scheme working. The Bucks 
had everything clicking. They had the run yeah. game clicking. They had a couple of successful runs. They that's been few and far between in practice and even against the Bengals. You know, facing the Titans' run defense, they found some success. Right. No question there. So there's the stuff to get excited about for sure. I mean, obviously this is a loaded team and. We're talking about a practice. You know, we're giving you honest feedback about what happened in this practice, but we are talking about I'm now yeah. doing I'm doing okay. the Allen Iverson bit, but <laughs> All right. Yeah, here's here's something positive to take away. Cause I think what what the 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 readers, listeners, and viewers are are wanting to get at is is give us a, a positive about the team in general up to this point. And I now I'll say this two things. Number one, experience. This is an experienced football team. The vast majority of guys on this roster have a Super Bowl ring. So they, they, they've been there and they've done that. They know how to do it. So the inexperience is gone after last year. All the starters return. So they know how to do it. They know how to, how to win, how to overcome adversity. We saw this team twice, John, last year. Come back from 17-point deficits early in the season against the Chargers, late in the season on the mm-hmm. road against the Falcons. Uh, so they have that going for them. The other thing is they've shown us through that experience that they can flip the switch. This team was a penalty-ridden bunch the first, what, four or five games of the season till that Chicago game. They flipped the switch and stopped beating themselves on a dime, yeah. John. That Thursday right. night game, they knew on that, that plane ride home. 20-19 mm-hmm. to loss in Chicago, are you kidding me? Like we gave the Bears that game. That was right. that's what they were thinking. Guess what, John? The next week against the Packers, zero penalties, mm-hmm. none. I don't. I've never seen that in my yeah, 20, 25 years of covering this team. So, so that experience, the ability to flip the switch, they have it. They've done it. They've shown it. So, I believe that whether it's drop passes or just inefficiencies, um, I think they they have the the ability to get that out of their system at the drop of a hat because they've done it in the past. Now, will they do it? That's up to them. Yeah, somebody wants to know. Mitch wants to know who's the better blocker, Hudson or McElroy. Neither are good blockers, but McElroy really will get after it. He actually yeah. had a nice block on maybe the Bucks' best run of the he's long game against too. Cincinnati. He's 6'6". Yeah. He's got some long arms. And he'll too. get after it a little yeah. bit more than Tanner Hudson will. Um, Mitch, or uh, sorry, William wants to know how did Gronk look today? I mean, not good. Good in the fact that he could still run by anybody and get open, but he doesn't catch. He's not finishing tough catches, which yeah. I mean, I know Gronk always has. We have a huge sample size, and then the last two days of practice, you know. So you don't, you know, the week of practice, you know, you yeah. tell me what you're going off of. I'm, I think he's gonna be, you know, but I'm just answering your question about today. You know, he had yeah. an opportunity to come up with a seam throw in the end zone from Brady that he tracked over his shoulder, was right off his hand, gorgeous throw, and he dropped it in the end zone. And then later in practice, he had an opportunity to make an out route. Catch on an out route from Brady. Perfect pass. Jalen Brown made a great play in coverage. He did the swat through his hands and knocked the ball down. It was good coverage. But, I mean, yeah, Gronk didn't come up with catches that Gronk almost always comes up with. So it wasn't a good day for him. It wasn't a good day for Mike Evans. Those two guys kind of – Jalen Darden too. Jalen Darden made plays, but he also dropped too many balls. Yeah. Um, those guys kind of stand out as some of the biggest culprits in terms of not having good days at the receiver position. I guess you saw O.J. Howard struggle too. So, I mean, yeah. that's been par for the course for him. O.J. is the only guy I would be – I mean, Darden's a rookie. It's going to happen. I'm not worried about Gronk right. or Evans. But OJ, we just got to see, like, he's got to get some great plays. You remember last year camp? I mean, I wasn't oh, he there. Dominated. but He dominated. Right, like, every day he was the story. Like, oh, Especially in the red zone. I mean, he and Brady yeah. had that red zone connection. He would work the the back of, um, mm. you know, the, the back line of the end zone right in front of the goalpost. 
he was just unstoppable at times. Yeah, that has not been the case this year. I don't think there's been one practice like that so far. And I I think it's all up here. I think think that he's thinking too much. There's some rust to shake off. Um, I hope he plays a lot. I hope he plays a lot in this this game because he really needs to shake the rust off. He is not going to pick up where he left off. Now, Remember that that Chargers game? He caught a touchdown. Yeah, I mean he, he was, had the, the he was the playing Denver very confident the week Brad, before. Yeah, Brady believed in him. The Achilles hurt a lot. I mean, yes. it, and he's got to come back from it. It's going to take time. You know, you can say what you want. People are always going to rip on OJ Howard unless he you know becomes a, a full time number one uh, tight end in the NFL. I get it, but at the same time, like dude's been through a lot, so I'm just hoping that he can get back to where he was mentally, and I think that will help the rest of his game. Having said that, like if OJ Howard's a 400 yards guy this season. All right, I think the Bucks are going to. I don't think it changes their prognosis for the Super Bowl right. or the playoff. You know, it just doesn't. That's the reality of the team. They're loaded. Um, anything they get from OJ Howard this season is icing on the cake. Now for OJ Howard, it's a crucial season. He can't have a four hundred yard season. He's got to. Yeah. He's got a ball a little bit. I think. I agree. Special teams. Tracy Tucker wants to know about. I got to tell this story. <laughs> Jaden Mickens is one of my favorite players on this team, Scott. Yeah. I, I, Zach Blobner at WDAE and I, we always joke around. I'm always like, there he is. He's making this team, buddy. Seven wide receivers. And he's like, there is no <laughs> chance he makes this team. But I don't know whether he makes it or not. But like, he's as a, a gunner, yeah, as yeah. a gunner, he doesn't run with the first gunner group, but he runs, ran with the gunner group today and he yes. got down. He made a great play on the ball. And on a punt and he kept it, you know, pinned it down at like the four or five yard line. Right. Uh, he, he's so smart. He's one of the smartest players on the team. I know everybody's going to go back to the gun thing in LA that, that happened, you know, but I'm just telling you, he's one of the smartest football players on the team. Like, yeah. you know, he knows all the rules of the scenario that happens. He knows the rules. He was teaching them to Jalen Darden. Yeah. When the kickoff, if a kickoff rolls near the out of bounds, go out of bounds, reach back into the field to play with your feet out of bounds and touch the balls because if you do that if you do that then you're gonna then that's gonna be it's, it's an out of bounds it's a flag on them and you, right. you're gonna get the ball at the 40 yard line or whatever so he knows all that stuff like today the titans are he's back there on part as a punt returner and they're trying to down the ball you know in the inside the five and he he goes down he's a punt returner he gets out of there as he should for the drill they were getting out for everyone so they could work on pinning the ball well, but he stays like right in the vicinity because he knows they're going to throw the ball back, right? Like, so the yeah. one guy gets down there, Elijah Molden, and he throws the ball back to keep it from crossing over the end zone. Well, Mickens darts in front of the other Tennessee gunner, catches it, it yeah. catches it like yeah. out of midair, That's like right, before right, he can, yeah. and, and takes off running, and they don't know what's going on. He just like he knows that you can advance the ball freely in that situation if the other team, if the kicking team has touched it first, he, even yeah. if he fumbles it or drops it, it doesn't matter. It just goes back to wherever it was touched. So there's nothing to lose, and he knows that, and he makes those kind of plays he just does that kind of stuff all the time he's and again John, today saturday's he didn't have a drop game, saturday's game that we saw some awful return averages yeah. I mean, Keyshawn and Vaughn, then when he gets in there what happens 33 yards right 33 yards for for Jaden mickens that's I'm what i'm saying. saying they want to give this job to jalen darden in my opinion Jaden jalen darden's got to earn it i mean it's it's you only got mickens. one return opportunity like right uh, and you're gonna you're gonna see more of that i'm yeah. sure over the next two games but but I mean, Jaden Mickens, he pr- he produces results, and um, I he's mean, had a really good camp. He's been very, very solid as a receiver. How many passes has Jaden Mickens dropped today? 
Zero. Yeah. How many passes did he catch? I mean, several. And he yes. got a deep. He won deep over one of the Titans. I forget who it was, but he John, beat him you, deep. You and, like Mickens, like B.A. likes Gabbert. That's what Mitch <laughs> Like you like Gabbert. Like, I, like <laughs> I do. I really like Jane Mickens. I mean, remember last year, I was kind of laying into him in that Giants yes. game. He messed up a couple routes, and, and John, but then the he Bucks, did come up clutch, too, in that game. The Bucks like Played. him, too. Right? I mean, yeah. when he had the gun charge, and we still don't know the outcome of that. I, I don't think so. It hasn't been reported, but that's an opportunity where if you don't like the guy, you can part ways with him for that reason. Yeah. But they're right. seeing him through right. this this instance, and he's one of the most popular like guys him. in the locker room too. Yes, I mean, yes. teammates love him. Very he gets so. everybody fired up for every drill. He's talkative. He plays like he's. I mean, he, yeah, he plays with full confidence all the time in himself. If he had to come in a receiver, he could play outside. He could play inside. Yeah. He can win vertically. He's fast enough. He's quick enough. He separates. And he's what the best thing about him, honestly, this year at camp. I don't know if I've ever seen this with Jaden Mickens before, even watching him in college. He's made a ton of. Com- combat catches like i'm not gonna say he's high pointing the ball and skying over guys and like mossing them he's but five he's ten, ma- you know yeah he's making catches in the middle of the field when guys yes. hit him like consistent i can think of multiple examples throughout camp where he's hung onto the ball while guys hit him or our hands gone through his hands like he's making a lot of those tough catches that other guys have not made quite as consistently and so i i just it i don't want to i wouldn't want to lose him if i were the bucks that's the I thing agree. Like, how do you figure out how to make it work? Can he be a gunner? Receivers. That's that's how you do it, John. That's how you do it. You figure he, out. He was a gunner receivers. last year. I mean, I he, he did yeah. a little gunner let last him, year in the playoffs. Let him do it. Greg DeCruz, the only concern I have with this team is punt and kickoff coverage. The kickoff coverage has been abysmal uh, dating back to last year. John, you you broke that that down in a column last yeah. year. We saw that again with a 40-yard return where Tyler Johnson gets walled off early in the play. He has enough stick to itiveness to run back and finally make the tackle, but still 40 yards. The good news is, is the Bradley Pinion is going to be kicking most of those yeah. balls into and out of the back of the end zone for touchbacks. But during the preseason, you want to see how your coverage unit does. So they purposely don't kick it deep mm-hmm. to see how these guys perform in special teams. Uh, Greg says we can live with crappy returns, but not with crappy coverage units. I'd like to see. I'm a, I'm a I'm a Carl the Truth Williams guy. I'm an old school Buccaneer guy. I want to see some returns, and I know the kickoff returns. They've kind of gone by the wayside because so many teams do kick the ball out of bounds with touchbacks. But I'd love to see upon return. You know, uh, go to at least midfield. I mean, give me a 20 or 30 yard punt return, if not to the house. It's just been a, a too long. And Tampa right. Bay did have some good returns. Back in the day, Carl Williams, Michael Spurlock, it just seems like that's been a void. And I've not been impressed with with Keith Armstrong as as a special teams coordinator. Certainly, uh, his units did not perform on Saturday at all uh, mm-hmm. in any uh, facet outside yeah. of that that Jaden Mickens 33-yard return. We're concerned about the Bucks coverage units on kickoffs, but you know his coverage unit I'm not concerned about, Scott. I'm not concerned about Briar Greaves' coverage because no. their insurance, their insurance, they'll keep you covered no matter what, whether it's life, homeowners, auto, or even commercial insurance. Briar and Sam Greaves and their staff, oh, boy. My, oh my, my my computer's attacking me. Brian and Sam Greaves <laughs> and their staff are the best in the Bay Area. They have it all, and they're Bucks fans. It'll take you 10 minutes. Yeah. Give them a call. Uh, tell them your situation, and they'll let you know if you can save a ton of money by switching insurances. I mean, that's what's so great about what Briar and Sam do, and they're huge Bucks fans. And you, you know, at the very least, you get a little conversation about the Bucks out of it. But Absolutely. they're people you can trust. And again, it just takes time. It takes a couple minutes of your time to make sure you give them a call. So why not see? If 
Insurance.com or give them a call as well uh, today, uh, 813-876-4166. You can find out how much money you can save with Briar Greaves Insurance. John, two quick things. Number one, it's hurricane season. So mm -hmm. this is the time to make sure that your house is properly insured. This is the time to make sure that you have the coverage you need. Number two, you might even want to call them about your computer. If it's glitching like that. It literally you, just took my ad reads like yeah. back to the top of my, they just did it again <laughs> without me touching the screen. Call Briar <laughs> Greaves, have them insure your computer. Because you That's need right. it, John. You I need do. your computer. You have no idea. All right, last thing we got to talk about, you knew where you weren't going to let us get out of the show. I wasn't going to let us get out of the show without talking about it. The mystery remains. Who is the MFR that Brady referred to on the HBO show, The Shop? Oh, John, John, I, I thought you were going to ask me what really happened with Mark Cook in, in the arrest that he had in Hillsborough County back oh, in the Oh, do you want to tell that story first? Well, no, no, we, we'll, get to the, we'll get to Mark Cook's arrest uh, later because I actually got the scoop from somebody who was there to witness that. So that's going to be coming up in just a couple of minutes here. But, but please, John, you were there for the, the Tom Brady press conference. Do we, have, do we have an answer? Who was the MRFer that well, Brady you, was talking about? Well, you can go over to my Twitter and see the video clip. Thanks to Zach Blobner, WDAE. He uh, shot the video of it. But Brady talking and answering a question. Oh, I don't know who the Titans reporter was, but he was – Dogged, you know, was was Tannehill? He's at first he asked, was Tannehill the MFR you were referring to in the shop? And what do you think of Ryan Tannehill's game? So of course Brady ignored the question and oh, just talked up Tannehill and how oh I've lost him a couple times. Like he's great, you know, great guy, blah blah blah. And then he asked him again. So Tannehill wasn't the MFR in the video, and Brady said, "Did you just say MFR out here?" And the guy said, "I just want to know, was he the MFR in the video?" And he said, and Brady said, "Ryan." And the guy said, yes, was Brian Daniel the MF for the video? And Brady, uncomfortably looking down, <laughs> goes, no, no, Ryan's a great guy. Ryan's a great guy, like blah, blah, blah. I was just talking on that. And that was it. <laughs> it was yeah. like, oh, my goodness. Like, clearly, in my opinion, he's lying, Scott. I yeah. mean, and I already, I've already said I've, I've talked to a lot of people that I feel like really know, yeah. and, and I feel like very confident that the Titans well, were the team today just – reaffirm that for me and, and listen we all we all have great love and affection for tom brady right i mean comes down to tampa you know leads this team out of the the playoff drought and darkness and takes him to the damn super bowl and wins it right here to ray j right i've even said put the guy in the bucks ring of honor he deserves it even after one season he's done so much he's rewritten some of the record book he brought this team to its second Super Bowl title. He was the Super Bowl MVP. I am not a Tom Brady hater by any means. But, John, he is a proven liar. Why? Why do <laughs> we know He said he does. Huh? He said he lies. When he was yes. on the shop, he said he lies. Exactly. So he's admitted it. And, of course, his biggest lie was, was when he was holding up four fingers for the Chicago game. He finally came clean on his, his uh, Instagram or TikTok, whatever it was, this offseason. Um, and said that he didn't know which down it was after boldface lying and saying that he, oh yeah, he knew it, and even had Bruce Arians cover for him as well during the season. So, so yes, I agree with you, John. I I think that Tom Brady is full of it. I do think that Ryan Tannehill was the MRF he was talking about. A hundred percent, a hundred percent, he was. And it was funny today because. I I mean, I'm going to be honest. I don't know who this Titans reporter was, but I give him some props. I mean, I, yeah. I, wouldn't, have, I wouldn't have been that dogged in that, but he just would not let it go. And Brady 
Didn't want to uh, lie when he started, but by the end, he was lying. The thing is, we had to get the, to the bottom of it, John. That's what we do on Pewter Reports uh, podcast. Is we do on PewterReport.com our, on our Twitter account. Um, make sure if you have not yet uh, that you follow us and subscribe to us right here on our Pewter Report TV YouTube channel. So hit We're that close like. to five thousand. We're close to five thousand. Make sure that you uh, subscribe to Peter Report TV on YouTube. Make sure you hit like. We appreciate those. Helps us grow the uh, the podcast and our following, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. And not only do we get to the bottom of things, such as the Brady MRF thing, John, we also get to the bottom of Mark Cook's fishing arrest. That's right. We lost our, our, our great friend and legendary Bucks reporter, Mark Cook, last Thursday. We appreciate everybody tuning in to the Monday Tribute Show, the Remembering Mark Cook episode. If you haven't watched that yet, a lot of great memories from the Peter Report podcast, a couple of classic Mark Cook clips on there. And uh, I got a, an email from Chris Smith, one of Mark's uh, longtime friends from the Lithia, Pinecrest, Plant City area. And so let's talk about the fishing felon, as Michael Henderson says, to end the, the uh um, the program here. This is from the email. Uh, and I'll, so I'll share this. This is from Chris. He said, I don't know how many people know that he was arrested for fishing without a license. Scott, I was fishing with him when he got the ticket. We were in a really tiny John boat. The fish and wildlife officer standing on the bank waiting for us. We're paddling to shore with a shovel because Mark didn't charge the battery for the trolling motor. <laughs> That's that's classic Mark yes, right there. Yes. So the fish and wildlife officer gave us a warning for not having the proper flotation devices, for not having a whistle, no flashlight, and then he wrote Cook a ticket for no fishing license. The officer, of course, tells Cook just to get his license before the court date, and the ticket and the fine will disappear. I reminded him and reminded him to get his license, <laughs> but then he didn't do it. So what did Mark Cook do? He actually turned himself into the jail. <laughs> he turned himself in. That's classic cook right there. Oh my gosh. So I, I never heard that story before. <laughs> Wouldn't so, go get his license, but would turn himself into the police. Yes. Yes. So that that's is, so on brand. It just, it just cracks <laughs> me up. Oh my goodness. Yes. So, uh, so there's, there's that, um, Amazing. That's, that's some classic stuff right there. Classic Mark Cook for sure. We, we miss that guy. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we missed him this week too down at Bucks practice. We'll be back yep. tomorrow at Bucks practice. They'll be facing the Titans again tomorrow in practice. It will be a lot of the starters tomorrow, just like it was today. Uh, Bruce Cesarians has said that's on purpose. They want to put those guys, Blaine Gabbert, Tom Brady, the ones and the twos, through a lot of rigorous practices and make sure that they get – that type of competition. So that'll be a focus again tomorrow. We'll have lots more to report. Hopefully there's all positive rather than the some negative that had to be today. But hey, we're just we're just the messengers. Don't shoot them. That's Bruce right. Arians said the same thing after practice. He's furious about it. And this is what he said actually. Let's close let's close the pod with this. Let's do it. This is what he said about drops. He said I thought it was outstanding work. We'll grade the tape as far as who did what and who didn't. I know one thing we dropped way too many damn passes. We have to stop that. Um, what And then he was asked, what do you test the drop passes to? He says they dropped it. Catch it. Shit. There ain't no excuse. They're perfectly thrown balls. You catch the damn thing. <laughs> <laughs> well said. There you well have said. it, ladies and gentlemen. First there is on the drops issue. Hopefully it subsides. If not, we'll have you covered a Peter report. Again, 4 p.m. Eastern tomorrow. 
talking Bucks Titans practice, uh, the second practice between the Bucks and the Titans. Friday's day off for us, and I don't think the team they might have a walk through the team. And yeah. then Saturday uh, will be the game uh, between the Bucks yeah. and the Titans. Starters not playing. We'll have you covered on that, and we'll do a post game podcast breaking everything down as we did last week, which was awesome. Y'all were great on that as well, and uh, it'll yes. be a lot of fun. So until then. Thanks so much for listening to another episode of the Pewter Report podcast. Out. Out.